It's Mutant Musings' fifth anniversary. Hooray! Hooray! And to thank all of you who have listened to, followed, and supported us over the years, we've got two contests happening on this very episode. One is happening later, but let's do one right now. Laura Kinney's birthday is this month, and you can win a Laura Kinney poster by Mike Sagawa, a.k.a. Excerpts, if you can answer either of these questions correctly. Who is Patty's favorite mutant? Not sure? Then answer this question correctly. Who is Jonathan's favorite mutant? That is way too easy. <laughs> answer either of those questions correctly, and you'll be entered to win a Laura Kinney poster by Mike Sagawa. Get us the correct answer by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on August 21st by DMing us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast or DMing us on Twitter at mutant musings. Good luck, listeners. Thank fuck Laura was a girl. Imagine two short, hairy Canadian assholes like Logan loose in the world. Welcome to episode 16 of the Mutant Musings Evolution Podcast for the middle of August 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my unexpected hostilities emerging. Patty! Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at... Mutant Musings. Mutant Musings is officially five years old. Ew, I hate five-year-olds. And the best birthday present you can give us is a review. It's not nose, little bastards. Stop playing in dirt. Wash your fucking hands. But sincerely, thank you for helping us make it to five years. You all put the muse in Mutant Musings. Acting like kindergarten's a big fucking deal. You get nap time in kindergarten. Go out and get a real job, you lazy fucking hippie. Put a shirt on. And speaking of dirt... You got dirt on someone? Spill the tea, sis. We've been around the block a few times in all our years. Yeah, drag that hoe. But we still use the same bad language as always. Cancel that bitch. Patty, I'm talking about us. We use bad language. Don't mansplain. I'm not mansplaining. What is this, Jonathan and Patty mansplain the X-Men? <laughs> because it's about fucking time someone did. There's your explicit content warning. I've made that joke before, but not on the podcast. You've made what joke before? When somebody tries mansplaining the X-Men to me on the internet, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, look, it's Mike mansplains the X-Men. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. Fuck yeah, off, Mike. Yeah, whatever. I was just trying to think of a generic name. Yeah. Remember when I was wearing that Polaris costume and uh, I posted it and then some, I, I said like, oh, yeah. oh, look, a magnet lady. And I was like already half drunk. And uh, this guy was like, actually, blah, 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 blah. Her name is Polaris, yeah. a.k.a. Lorna Dane, and she first appeared in... I was like, excuse me, I've read more comics than you. Can you shut the fuck up? And the uh, admin of the group was like, all right, Patty, calm down a little. And I was like, sorry, I'm drunk. And he's like, Patty, it's it's 1130 in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in, uh, we were at um, Colossal Con East. We were in the fucking, um, in the pool. You got one of those giant ass fucking drinks. Yeah. That margarita was as tall as like my entire torso. <laughs> it was insane. You're not supposed to drink that yourself. Apparently you're supposed to like share it with people because the day he's drinking for two. Yeah. <laughs> the day, the day before I got in one of those, like, uh, it's more like a slushy alcohol. It's like, a. More like, not ice cream, but like Italian ice. I don't know. Like I can't slush, think of it. Yeah, like a, like a, like a, slush, like a puppy. slush puppy alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I was not even a little lit after drinking this giant thing. And oh, I'm I like, remember that. okay, well, if I'm paying like 
you know, $20 or yeah. whatever for a drink, I'm going to get fucking blasted. So I said, okay, so the ice ones probably don't have as much alcohol, but if I get like a cocktail that's this tall, I'm going to get absolutely annihilated. And I did. That was the last day we were there. And I remember uh, we still, well, I packed the car and we were driving home. Like this was a couple of hours later and you were still like tipsy. Yeah. I was like, where are my socks? Can I borrow your socks? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was fun. I remember, I remember that douchebag in that, in that group. And then. It was you, it was me, and it was Mark. All three of us. Yeah, I tagged tag, it. Tag team this guy, and uh, and then Tyler came in and was like Scooby Gang. <laughs> you all should know better than this. <laughs> and then oh, la- later times. on on Twitter, I was dragging someone, and Mark commented, "Shaggy has entered the chat." So- <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times. Yeah. Remember the before times. Yeah, yeah before times. the fucking plague. Yeah. How you doing, Patty? I'm alive. Patty's got red hair. Do I do. do I just redid my hair, got genified. <laughs> I am loving it. It's absolutely the best color. I told my girl, you got to jot that shit down. We're doing this color every single time. This is the only color I want in my head. So we're starting with the evolution episode, which was season three. Uh, uh, the title name was X23. There was not originally a dash in the name, which seems a little awkward to me. What? No, it wasn't. There wasn't a dash in the title. I noticed that right away. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, it's like the whole Spider-Man debacle. That is the great Spider-Man debacle. There is no Spider-Man debacle. There is a hyphen between spider and man. It's spider hyphen man. Spider hyphen man. And it's X hyphen 23. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise it's not grammatically correct. Exactly. Numerically correct. Grammatically numerically correct. Yes. Yeah. That's what we call it in writing. <laughs> that's what we call cinema verite. <laughs> it's not what cinema verite means. Uh, this... this day, you still don't know what that means, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> this episode came out August 2nd, 2003, which is Raz's birthday. Yeah. So most importantly, she is one year older than Raz. <laughs> and Raz is a very good boy. He just celebrated his 17th birthday, and yeah. I love him very much. Yeah. We love Raz. We love Raz here. We also love Laura. We stand a Raz in this house. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so it's just over 18 years uh, for, for Laura Kinney. And so apparently something happened three years ago that I wasn't aware of. Somebody somebody tweeted at Craig Kyle asking about LGBT representation in X-Men Evolution. And Craig Kyle actually responded and said, Hey, Noah, we never explored any LGBT storylines in X-Men E. But if X-23, Laura Kinney's story was still mine to tell, I would reveal that she is gay. I'm not sure if that helps, but you are one of the few to know the truth about Laura's sexual orientation. And that got a lot of attention. And I'm surprised that I have never in my life heard of this tweet before. But I started flipping the fuck out, and it makes me incredibly happy. So Laura Kinney confirmed gay, canonically gay. Thank you, Mr. Craig Kyle. Uh, One of her creators, Craig Kyle, Chris Yost. Craig Kyle confirmed it. So Marvel can can suck a big one so there we go that's what i have to say about that i always thought that she was ace yes and i'm just gonna keep assuming that she's ace okay so so here's the thing so here's the thing i i lost my shit when i saw this but also like i don't think he (laughs) means this at all you know what i mean like he did write laura after this episode i mean he wrote he co-wrote her miniseries with uh chris yost who he worked on this episode with he co-wrote with Chris Yost again 
part of New X-Men Volume 2 that put Laura in there and X-Force, which had Laura in there. So there were many opportunities to try something like that. I feel like he was just saying that to kind of like make a fan and make the internet go a little nuts. Most writers wouldn't do something like that. You know what I mean? Writers, editors, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, if I was still doing this story, this character would be gay or this character would be gay. The only person who does that is Claremont and Claremont means it. But Claremont talking about like 30 years ago, oh yeah, Rachel and Kitty were soulmates. Well, dude, come on. So so anyway, so no, I don't think he ha- ever had or would have any intention of of confirming that she's homosexual in the comics or anywhere. But I thought yeah, that was where, I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want to after the fact. Where's my fucking ace character? Give me fucking Ileana. Make her asexual already. No, come it's, on. It's, TikTok, it's, bitches. It's very true. I, it's the same thing that happened with Children of Adam. Sorry for interrupting you. But like, how can you say after the fact, oh, actually, this character is asexual, wink, on Twitter. You do it on page. Thank you for coming to my patty talk. <laughs> uh yeah, I she's definitely a character that that I see as as asexual. The whole thing with Hellion and with young Warren, um, they just didn't feel like they were supposed to work right. She just doesn't seem like a character that has any little like sexual interest, but also like really romantic interest. I mean, we we know that. These big publishers, like if they confirm a character is asexual, there goes a whole bunch of conflict and drama you could have with that character is what they're thinking. I think that that's bullshit because there are characters that have existed that have done just fine without that, without a relationship dynamic to fall back on. Uh, Laura is an example of one. Uh, So is Ileana. So is Ileana. Uh, so I, I really, I do agree with you. So yeah, I, I love that Craig Kyle said, regardless, I love that Craig Kyle tweeted that. But I definitely don't believe that, that that's true. Sorry. I mean, it would listen, it would be cool. And if it was true, I would 100% support it. But again, I agree with Patty here. I do definitely see her as, as asexual. Also, I used to watch the show Sherlock a lot. I was like really into that show. I thought it was like a masterpiece. And I... No shit. <laughs> <laughs> like... Every so often I think about going back to it, but I remember hearing the uh, the writer of the show in some comment uh, say that I guess somebody brought up him being asexual or whatever, and oh, really? he said that uh, that would make him boring, and then That's... I stopped watching the show. I don't blame you. That's so fucked up. Oh, my God. I mean, and if you watch the show or if you know, like, any iteration of Sherlock, I mean, it's basically, like, right there. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this episode. So we open up with someone wearing goggles. Uh, and you might think it's Cyclops, but it's not. It's Biclops. It's Biclops. Because, because there were two eyes. Two red dots yeah. in the eyes. They were, the this person was looking at a screen of all the X-Men. Yeah. And looking at some stuff on Wolverine. And then they they ran out of there. Uh, they knocked the guard out. And then they, they were running on the roof. And then there's guards and dogs and helicopters chasing. And uh, the person is about to start fighting when the the helicopter appears and uh, she cuts open the the pipe. Yeah, the, the pipe. pipes. And all the steam comes out. Yeah, so to block her escape and then uh, like slides down the building. So so this person, this person, we don't we don't know yet. It's just a person with with the goggles. Also has claws. So Biclops and claws. This is the love child. Of Cyclops and Wolverine. Obviously. Obviously. Yes. Yes. 
So because Cyclops is Biclops. That's correct. <laughs> uh, so then someone says Fury's gonna have our heads. So we know shields. Those fucking pigs have something to do with this. <laughs> we we don't stand Shield in this house. That's, there's a reason we never watched Agents of Shield. Yeah. So that was uh that was a very interesting opening. No, it was it was neat. I mean, I don't remember when I when I first saw this, but I thought it was it was kind of kind of crazy. This was my introduction to X23. Thinking about it. It was after I saw this episode that I looked her up on the internet and found out that she just had a mini series finished not too long before I saw this episode, but she had been introduced in in another comic, but I wanted to read the solo series because it was it was all about her. That one was really good. Yeah, yeah. It it sure was. We talked about that. That was Marjorie Lou, right? No, that was Craig Kyle and Chris Yost. Um, oh, same. that was the second series. Was yes, that, that but that was okay. her. That was her ongoing. Marjorie Lou did the did her her first ongoing series. Right. It's, okay. It's technically still like volume three or some nonsense, whatever they do. But yeah, I mean, you know, that was a very very interesting opening. You know, before you even know who this is, you don't know uh, if it's a robot or anything like that. But then all of a sudden, you you cut to the school, and it, it the tone shifts quickly to lighthearted fun because you've got Iceman making fun of Wolverine. All the, the new mutants are, are running uh, like a, a course outside with like, you know, the fucking turrets coming up from the ground and shooting pellets and shit at the kids. And Berserker gets caught in a trap and Roberto is stuck upside down and Sam is stuck and Iceman's just running through it all trying to get to the finish line. And he thinks that he's going to win, but he bumps into Logan uh, and Logan gives him some shit, and that's when the hel- shield helicopters show up, and Logan says for Beast to take over for him. So Fury is taking Logan for questioning. Uh, Logan was not aware that uh, Shield had a sample of his DNA. That's why you never ejaculate on the tissues that they give you. On the tissues that who, that Shield gives you? Yeah, don't when you're like getting interrogated. Yeah, by Shield, don't yes. ejaculate onto them. Don't ejaculate at Shield and headquarters. So, so here's here's some some real life tip that you can bring with you. You're being interrogated by the police. Don't jerk off on their napkin. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't. If you use their straw, take it with you. Don't put your lips directly on a soda can. Take the soda can with you. I watched. I, I learned this all from watching TV. So, yeah. Never throw out your cum tissues. Yeah, Never. just keep them. Because you don't know who's going to go dumpster diving and <laughs> who's going to fucking clone you, you know? Exactly. Thank you for these pro tips. Yeah, but so we, we get introduced to this, uh, to this doctor lady who calls Logan Weapon X. So there's a clue that she knows stuff that most people don't. Her name is Deborah Rissman. She worked for Hydra. Uh, X-23 was sent to infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D., but then went rogue on Hydra. Uh, and and uh, I forget who, uh, either Logan or Fury asked her, like, why would you work for them? And she's like, there's no boundaries. It's free to do whatever fucking science people do without boundaries. Um, so she was there to help create a perfect weapon. So Hydra had stolen data and tried to create this perfect weapon. weapon. And apparently Rissman had failed the experiment 22 times. And, uh, and so that's where we get the, the 23 so they show this uh, this person who's still got the fucking the mask and the goggles and shit on, destroying all these big robots, and it's it's really cool. And then Deborah says, "Your healing factor was the key." And Logan's like, "You cloned me," and uh, and she goes, "Not exactly." Unfortunately, that caused some 
instability. And I'm thinking like, yo, you're making this child fight giant robots. You don't think maybe that had to do with some instability? <laughs> like, really? I'm pretty unstable. I was pretty unstable as a child. This is the whole nurture I, I versus nature argument. I didn't have to fight any robots, and I still turned out pretty unstable, Patty. Same. How do you explain that? <laughs> yeah, they, they tried to deprive X-23 of emotion, and that led to explosive anger. And so we see that she's, she's stalking the kids at the Institute, and she takes off the mask, and it's a girl. It's a girl. Yay. She's cute. It's a girl. Yeah, I love her. And so, you know, as this is happening, X-23 is watching the kids run around and have fun and beast and, and multiple boy and whatever. But as all that's going on, you have Deborah uh, Risman explaining more of <laughs> her childhood. Hydra isolated her her entire life. And we see this flashback. They're forcing X-23 to watch these other kids have fun at this like playground. And some little girl tries to show her a music box. And X-23 destroys it. But unexpected hostilities emerged. And, like, like you keep her in isolation. You're forcing her to fight robots. Uh, you're forcing her to watch other children and their families have fun and, like, love each other. And did, did nobody expect... Un, did no, Really nobody expected hostilities to emerge? Did, did Hydra not employ any psychologists or psychiatrists? Or, I don't know, people with more than a few brain cells? Because... It seems pretty obvious to me that if you treat a child this way, that they're going to get angry at yeah, some point. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect if, you know, they have all these, like, doctors on staff that, you know, in the course of their training, they would have had to take at least a few of the, what are they called, the soft science courses, like psychology and sociology and stuff like that yeah. to, like, kind of know this. But also, I feel like this is just common sense. Yeah. You treat a kid like shit, they're going to be assholes. So I don't know if this was like a, a slight writing oversight if or if I'm just being super fucking nitpicky or if this is supposed to illustrate just how awful these people are that they are also indeed very stupid. Probably that. <laughs> but it just struck me as uh it struck me as weird, but it's also it's also just really fucking sad to think about. And again, this episode doesn't get into it in great detail. Like they did in the comic, because in the in the comic they took this story, they kept a lot of it the same, but they were able to over the course of six issues rather than twenty minutes expand on a lot of it, give a lot of more background to this character, uh, a lot of more emotion and and you know just a, a lot more to everything that was going on around her and made it and made it more interesting. But for a twenty minute episode, this was super fucking interesting for for what it was. I mean, this introduced the concept basically of of creating a human mutant clone of Wolverine. Um, and then apparently at like 12 years old, they put her through um, the adamantium bonding process. And that's when Logan flipped out and wanted her to shut the fuck up. She's a child. But Rustin feels bad now. But she wants to, she does. I she wants to help. help. She wants to help. Well, better late than never, I guess. Yeah. So uh, X-23 is watching this, uh, more fun version of the outdoor training thing that beast is doing. Uh, she's like going to all the windows in the mansion and watching everybody. And like, she sees storm taking care of her plants. Uh, Kurt is messing with kitty. Jean and Scott are having fun playing with dishes, playing <laughs> with dishes, cleaning dishes. And uh, then we see her in this, room probably the professor's study yeah that's what uh, it looks like. 
by the chess table, just like sitting there crying. And Xavier comes over and asked what her name was. And uh, she was faking and she throws something on his head. It's a little red, little blinky thing. Sticky doohickey. Yeah, it knocks him out. So as we saw in like the first scene, she was checking uh, all the files on the X-Men. Uh, so she knew like yeah. what everybody could do and everything. So this was her plan. So Logan said he wanted to go by himself. Fury said no. And then... Uh, yeah, he, Fury gave him like one hour. Yeah. So uh, she's like going into all the rooms, throwing these things on people's heads she goes in Kitty's room. She hugs the teddy bear, which was really cute. Yeah. She smells the perfume and thinks it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she sees Jean's pictures and she seems sad. Uh, and then Sam walks in and uh, she hits him with the, the doohickey. And uh, she eventually gets everybody. She gets Jean Scott. She gets Xavier. She got Storm. She got everybody. It was amazing. Yeah, she was just like, beating the shit out of all of them. And uh, Rogue said to Logan, wow, not even you could take out all of us. <laughs> and Logan, because yeah. uh, there were three of them left. There was Rogue, Scott, and Berserker. Berserker. And he told them to stay back, that he would handle it. And they said no. So she cuts the floor under Logan and takes out the other three. She she does that by ripping off Rogue's sleeves and shoving her into Scott and Berserker. So, yeah. That was amazing. That was really amazing. Like, really, just thinking about how the writers had this planned out for her to take all of the X-Men down. The thought that they put into this battle and just seeing her in action, like, the animation is is awesome. This is just such a cool fucking thing to see. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Because, I mean, think about how many fights we've seen in this show. Think about how many battles these kids have have withstood. You know, the Sentinel, Magneto, the Brotherhood, the Acolytes. This this barely teenage girl comes in and just mops the fucking floor with all of them. And even, even Logan, you know? Like, Logan keeps trying to talk to her, and most of her dialogue is just like him when he's fighting. Lots of grunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was curious if she was even going to talk yeah. the whole episode. So then uh, Logan said to her, or no, no child should have to go through that. And then X-23 says, I am not a child. Yeah. And that high pitched kid voice. It's just, it's crazy. And then we see the foot claws. She's like way up in the air. and She's about to do this kick down on him. And then the claw comes out and it's like, oh my God. And then he fucking, it, it, the shot comes from outside and Wolverine just bursts through the door. She kicked him right through the fucking door and this this shit just got like there were a couple of really heavy emotional moments in this episode and of course it just comes to it comes to a head at the end when they're fighting outside because she's screaming at him everything i am is because of you and logan is like catching her punches and trying to fight her off but not do any damage to her because we know that he knows exactly where she's coming from. And so she's like, he's catching her punches and he's like, I'm the only one who understands you and probably the closest thing you have to a family. And he, he popped his three claws and caught her two claws and she starts crying and she hugs him. And then shield shows up 
and the, all the helicopters are, are flying overhead and Logan tells her to, to get out of there, you know, obviously so they won't catch her and take her in. And so Fury lands and is like, I can't just let this go. And Logan, like very sternly, is like, you can and you will. So then the, the episode ends basically with Logan having another training session and like all the new mutants are really sad. But then he's got this huge bag full of dodgeballs. He dumps it out and he tells them it's, it's mutant dodgeball. And everybody starts cheering and he tells everyone extra credit for anyone who takes out the ice cube. And Bobby's like, what? And Xavier's like, why the change of tactics, Logan? And Logan goes, sometimes you got to let kids just be kids. And that was the end of it. And so we, we talked about this episode two years ago. And I remember specifically pointing out how I thought it was hilarious and ridiculous that, that at the end of their fight and the hugging and the crying, Logan told X-23 to go, to run away, to get out of there so they didn't take her in. And I'm like, really? You're just going to tell this child to run out into the fucking forest and go yep. find for herself? And yet that is still a little ridiculous, but I'm thinking at the same time, like if he told Laura, if he told X-23, go inside, go in the Institute, I'll protect you. That wouldn't, that wouldn't have flown with Fury and with S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, they would have busted in there and they would have taken her against everybody else's will. That's what I think anyway. So I think- I, I kind of thought about that too when I was watching it this time. Yeah, right. So that might have been why, but I, I'm still upset. But she <laughs> she wasn't just like added immediately to the group. Yeah, or you know Logan. I mean, they've touched on Logan's backstory, but they didn't touch on his like connections from like old war buddies or from or even Madripoor. They didn't introduce Madripoor, like the the networks of people that Logan knows because we know that Logan in the comics knows fucking everybody. Yeah, under one name or another, he knows everybody, and they haven't touched on that in this show. So maybe that's why they didn't want to go that route i don't know because you would think that logan would know a ton of people and be like hey you'll be safe with this person or safe with that person so yeah it still is a little weird to tell a child to run away and just go run off and fend for yourself but at the same time if if he knew anything i feel like fury and shield would have gotten to her and that was the last thing that logan wanted because you know that they would have kept her in isolation too and she she wouldn't have lived much better of a life than she was already living and that's really fucking sad but this was a really, really powerful episode, and this really, this introduced one of like the best characters that we have in modern comic book history, in my opinion. It's just, it's wild to think about somebody growing up like that in that that emotional and physical isolation. They showed her as a baby reaching the arm out of the fucking what do you call it, the the carrier, and she's in a room by herself, an infant in a room by herself, no love forced to fight and just what that does to somebody i mean talk about emotional abuse but this is just emotional physical familial any anything just complete deprivation and what's also wild is to you can see sort of the resentment when she gets to the institute because she knows that logan knows all these people and they seem relatively well adjusted you have storm taking care of a plant right? No human ever took care of Laura. You see Kurt and Kitty having fun, Jean and Scott having fun. All these pictures that Jean had of her and her friends and X-23 doesn't know any of that, what any of that is like and what that does to somebody. But still that fucking dam of emotions just welled up and crashed over at the end when she was screaming at Logan because she had all of this anger and all this resentment for this 
awful life that she knew she had and just aimed at all this one fucking guy and wanted to hurt him by taking out all the people around him and then just stabbing the fuck out of him herself. And in the end, she she couldn't do it and just broke down and started fucking crying. Yeah, that's why, you know, they had to end it on a light note with the dodgeball thing. True. But yeah, this was... um. This was just a really heavy episode and a really incredible introduction to an incredible character. Uh, this wasn't the only episode that she appeared in. She only got uh, focus in one other episode, that one we discussed last year, where she got her revenge. And, and just thank fucking God she got brought into the comics and other writers got to do more with her. Also, thank God she wasn't just brought into NYX and then forgotten. Because, I mean, you know, that that comic, we we read that and talked about that a, a bunch of years ago. Um, it had its good points and its decidedly negative points. So I'm glad that Gray Kyle and Chris Yost got to do her miniseries um, and then brought her into other series after that so she could grow as a character and we could see more of her interacting with, with other people um, and become her her own person and not just this fucking weapon that she was created to be i agree she's one of my favorite characters she's one of jonathan's favorite characters and thank uh craig kyle and chris yost some of the best some of the best people (laughs) good job guys thanks for being you hey if you love laura as much as we do then you'd probably love another chance to win a laura kinney poster Ty Ramsa is an amazing artist, and you can win a Laura Kinney poster from him if you can answer this question correctly. In what Marvel comic did Laura Kinney first appear? DM us with the correct answer by 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on August 21st, and you'll be entered to win a Laura Kinney poster by Ty Ramsa. DM us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast or on Twitter at mutant musings. Good luck, listeners! So now we're going to be talking about some comics. We're... What? What? Yeah. Patty, comic time. That's not what we do on this. We talk about cartoons. This is against the rules. That's against the, the... We're going retro. Oh, we're going retro. Yeah, this is what we used we're, to do. We're going... Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going retro. All right. All the way so... back to a year ago. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about all new Wolverine. Yes. This was in 2015. God, what a year. This was the height of X-Men comics. Of Obama. Yes. There were <laughs> there were no good X-Men comics after this specific issue. Or before. I, before After this specific series. Yeah. This was written by my lord and savior, Tom Taylor. <laughs> and, uh... Also, David Lopez and David Navarat on art. Correct. Okay. So this is one of the best series of all time. And if you haven't read it, uh, you can pause this episode and read of it. Read it on Marvel Unlimited uh-huh. or wherever you get your comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe you... from the store. Yes. Still have those. Yes, we have stores. <laughs> uh, you can get a trade paperback. But you, any way you do it, you got to do it. Any way you want it. That's the way you need it. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about this comic. Yeah. So so this is at a time when the all old Wolverine was bye-byes. He was Daddy Pie in the ground. 
And so we needed a new Wolverine. And I think if if I remember correctly, all the way back this this long ass time ago, this last decade ago, I think for an issue or two, not obviously not of this series, but I believe Sabretooth sort of took over a Wolverine-ish because I think this was after Axis and when he was inverted and wasn't so murderous and stabby and head bitey. Uh, but, and, and so that was actually, this was all spoiled before it ever happened, by the way, because we did have the internet back in 2015. Did we? Yeah, we did. We did. It was, it was crazy. We had dial up back then. Somebody made a phone call. You lost your internet connection. It was fucking, it was ridiculous. Those were the better days. When you got email, your computer told you that you got mail. Wow. I know. Right. So this was, yeah, this is after, after they, they killed off Logan, uh, they permadeathed him. Uh, they said that Sabretooth was going to take over the mantle briefly, but the permanent replacement was going to be Laura. Don't think that they had announced this series at that time, um, but but that's exactly what happened. So so yeah, so we got uh, we got all new Wolverine, and uh, and it was it was really it was really a great series. It 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 opens with it, it looks like Laura is trying to save someone who's being shot at in France. They're very violent people, the French, <laughs> if you didn't know that. I can say that as a French-Canadian because we got a little French in us. <laughs> sure. You've never had a little French in you, Patty? Patty, you've had a little French. <laughs> never, never mind, y'all. You, yeah. Someone shot her with a gazooka? With a gazooka. That's what they call it in France. That's where we get, that's where we get our, our, silly, our silly English word for, for bazooka because how you pronounce bazooka in, in France is gazooka. Patty, I made a typo. What do you, what do you want me to say? <laughs> I literally made a typo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but but so she had, you know, as she, as she's trying to save this guy who's being shot at, she has this this flashback to a touching moment with Logan during X Force. Again, this is really good days. This isn't long after Logan had died. It was it was within a year, I think. Yeah, so some some guy shot her with a bazooka and got away, and she apologizes to Logan as she regains consciousness because, like her, also her insides are falling out. She's trying to heal, and Logan is like, like it's easy to be who ma- who they made us killers. No shame in letting someone live, and so so she smells the bazooka guy, and Logan tries to tell her to sit and heal, uh, heal up, and she won't. And Logan's <laughs> like, you made you said sit and heal, Patty. I literally thought. Yeah. Met like a dog. Yeah. And and she she won't do it. She's like, I'm good. And Logan's like, you may not be as mean as me, but you're every bit as stubborn. And that was like a really cute and touching moment between Logan and Laura. So like, yeah, already they're illustrating that there's this slight difference because Logan even commented himself that he would have lost it. He, he could have lost his shit and just gutted this guy. And it takes a lot of restraint for Laura to not do that, for her to hold back and not gut this guy and he says you know basically like maybe we won't kill him but we'll make him think about ever shooting someone with a bazooka again and so that was that was that a, was cute it was it was really really a sweet moment yeah but um so she's talking to somebody in an earpiece we don't know who it is yet in france in the present day um and it's a really cool moment because like up until this point she had like a, a hoodie on or whatever but so she takes it off and she's wearing her own wolverine costume with the the blue cowl and, blue and yellow yeah the blue and yellow the cowl thing right batman doesn't own that right the this simon is still a cowl, cowl yeah the simon cowl she's got simon cowl on her face 
Now, who doesn't love a little Simon Cowell on, on the face? Gross. What? You don't think he's handsome? No. <laughs> so anyway, so she finds, Laura finds a shooter uh, going on the Eiffel Tower and they fight. And whoever it is is like, you of all people should be helping us. And Laura breaks this, this woman's arm. And Laura's like, that doesn't hurt. And the woman goes, nothing hurts. A bunch of guards come up and look, they look like military. They've all got their guns drawn. Uh, this woman calls in a drone and then jumps from the Eiffel Tower. And Laura jumps after her and is like something like catch me in like three seconds. And uh, she's like, three, two, one. Where are you? Where are you? And then Warren flies in. Young Warren flies in and, and catches her. And then, honestly, this looks like, uh, this looked like fun. Yeah. We ever, uh, we ever go to France? I'm not sky, uh, what's it called? Bunch sky jumping? jumping? Sky jumping. Sky Whatever jumping. the fuck it's called. You know, sky jumping wa- from the sky. Skywalking? Yeah. Yeah. Use the force to skywalk. <laughs> you know that? Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to Star Wars. I have the you. high grounds. <laughs> it's great. See, Patty never, did you see that movie? Yeah. Did you watch that movie? Yes. It was a good, it was a good movie. Uh-huh. The high ground movie. Yep. Star Wars, Revenge of the High Ground. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you remember when Laura and Young Warren... Remember when, when Young Warren was a thing? No, I can't say I do. Who? Angel, the guy with wings. Who? That flies. Angel. He, he Angel. flaps his wings and blows Gambit's cards back at him. Are you talking about the baby mama? <laughs> what? The baby mama? Yeah, she's the- got like seven kids. She's with Beak. Oh, Angel Salvador. Yes. Yeah, no. This is Warren Worthington, the blonde, the blonde guy with nipples. <laughs> oh, you know, the nipples that, that reminded me. Okay. I know who you're talking about when you mentioned the nipples. Red Bull gives you nipples. Anyway. Yeah. So this, uh, the, the woman that jumped off the Eiffel tower first, I called in this drone to go after this guy. And you know, Laura tried to get him to safety in like an armored car. We don't, we don't really know what's going on. This is like throwing you almost head first into an action movie. It's really interesting because, you know, obviously it catches your attention right away. So much fast-paced shit is happening. People are getting stabbed and shot at and blown up and you you don't have time to make sense of it until things settle down a little bit. And so it was it was really an interesting first issue, but you know, Laura tells Warren to drop her on the drone and Warren's reluctant, but he does. Laura tells him to get people to safety in the meantime. Um she brings a drone down and Warren runs for her uh in the flaming wreckage. It's funny. He kind of want he he like wanted to hug her. She's like, "I've got broken ribs. So that's a bad idea." And so he pats her on the head. It was so. It cute. was the funniest thing. I love David Lopez's art. It's so. It's like kind of simple, but it's amazing. Because after he pats her on the head, he's like a little awkward. She goes a little awkward, and then she goes, "I didn't say stop." <laughs> It was really cute. Oh man, uh, that's that's to my day still one of my favorite comic book scenes. Because the look, very cute. The look on his face before he pats her on the head is so weird. It's like looking down with this really sort of almost angry, serious look, and then it's just pat, pat. Yeah, it was great. But then this woman who jumped from the Eiffel Tower is laying there dead, and Laura takes off the mask, and it looks like Laura. And Laura says, "There's more out there," and she has to stop them. Oh my god, it's a clone! Clone Wars. Patty. Oh my god. <laughs> this is the Clone Saga. Yep. Attack of the Clone Saga. Yes. Yep. Everybody loves clones. Yep. 
We learned that in the 90s. Yep. With Spider-Man. Yep. Spider-Man. Yep. All ties together. It sure does. Yeah, it sure does. So uh, that was the start to one of the best series of all time. Now let's talk about number two. Laura. You got, you got a poop? Yep. We're going <laughs> number two. Together, collectively, everybody poop. Patty, You're everybody wearing poop. pants. Just poop. Every, poop Patty, in the pants. Everybody poops. Yeah, so we are going to talk about number two. So, so the first arc of All New Wolverine is six issues. One complete story in six issues. You should read the whole series. Read past issue two and read past issue six. But I'm just letting you know what we're talking about. We're not actually going number two, folks. I am. <laughs> that's what that's what we do in this house. That's what we do in this that's house. That's what we do in this house. This is the rules. <laughs> All right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so, so now we're two days later. Laura is still in Paris, but she's at Alchemex Genetics. That sounds legit. Yeah, right. As, as one goes to. But I mean, m- to be fair, most of these like pharmaceutical companies or whatever, uh, they all sounds like supervillains. Yeah. So like Pfizer, Pfizer sounds like a bad guy. Pfizer has a silent P. Yes. Who, so you Patty, know it's bad. who in the world has a silent P? Nobody has a silent P. Listen to me. If you're peeing in the toilet, it's not silent. If you're peeing on the ground, it's not silent. If you're peeing in the snow. It's not silent. There is no place in the world that you can pee that is silent. The only place you can pee is in space where nobody will hear you scream. I was just thinking that. Do you, does it make a sound in space? Oh, well, only one way to find out. <laughs> See you in a few days, guys. All right. Uh, this captain says, last week for experiments. And Laura says, people, start calling them that if you want my help. And so Robert Chandler, the director, walks in and thanks Laura for saving his son's life. Uh, an anonymous note was sent to her about Paris. So that explains the first issue. Yeah, the guy that was getting shot at was Robert Chandler, the director of Alchemax's son. So she saved him. The girls, uh, they destroyed a different Alchemax lab, quote unquote, in an act of terrorism. Uh, the scientists and security all died. Yep. So he shows them four mugshots and said they were taught to be an advanced security team trained to protect diplomats and humanitarian humanitarian organizations. Chandler's predecessor got Laura's DNA and cloned her to make uh-huh. these ladies. Uh-huh. Yeah, Chandler's predecessor. Sure. Uh, so the mugshots that we see are of the four of them. And at this point, like you're first reading this, or if you're reading it at the time, obviously you don't know who they are, but you see those four mugshots. And, and what I thought was interesting is like, you know, now those of you who've read this, we're talking about it. We we can say, um, you know, they had numbers assigned to them. And they also had the first three letters of each of their first names. Again, you're reading this the first time, or at the time, you you don't know. But so you see Zelda, you see Gabby, and you see Bellana. But we saw the one that died in the first issue. She was never named. Ever. Not before. Not after. Ever. I tweeted out Tom Taylor. I know he saw it. And it's okay. Listen, it's okay. No resentment. No resentment against the guy. It's one of those writer things that you just... You, you, you did what you had to... And elaborating on it, excuse me, does nothing for the story. And in fact, there were many clones 
not not all of whom were named. There were apparently ten of them. I think in a later yeah. issue they said there were ten of them. They weren't named. This one wasn't officially named, and that's sort of the point that they're like disposable. That's how they're seen by their creators. But the thing is, is this one had the number three, and the first three letters were P A R. So I thought to myself, well, they just met and fought in Paris. I'm sure that her name is Paris. That is very interesting. <laughs> but she wasn't from Paris, though. I know. But maybe he just had to think of a name and was like, uh, Paris. Yeah. And so just put in the first three letters. Yep. Yeah. That's fine. Thank you for agreeing with me. Yeah. I'm... I mean, also, Bellana, I keep wanting to say Belladonna because Bellana mm. isn't a name. I'm, I've never heard that name before. It's not a name. My Our apologies. Okay, well, at least my apologies. <laughs> Anybody, to any Bellanas listening Bellana. right now, don't laugh. Why are you laughing, Patricia? Okay. <laughs> I think you're full of Bellani. That's what I think. <laughs> don't be mad at me for having a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, I so I thought that was that was interesting. But anyway, so Alchemax called Laura in for her help uh, to stop these women, to stop these four clones. Um, and they, he told her that. None of the clones had the healing or the claws. But, you know, so Laura says that she's going to go do this. So she goes home. Warren actually flies her to her apartment in the Bronx. And, uh, you know, they're at the window. And it seems like Warren wants to come in. Laura gives him the cold shoulder. He seems very upset. He flies off with his fiery wings. Remember when young Warren, uh, the guy with nipples, Uh had wings of fire? Well, you said he just got the cold shoulder. So how could he have a cold shoulder and hot wings? That doesn't make sense. He's got hot wings. Hot wings. Mm-hmm. So she she gave him the cold shoulder because she knew somebody was in her apartment. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, one of the clones, the youngest one. It's the little one. The little one. She doesn't really look like Laura, in my opinion. Right. I don't think she does now either, but also she's little. Yeah. Uh, so the girl asked Laura if, if she if Laura killed her sister and Laura said no, but her sister was trying to kill an innocent man, and the girl said no one is innocent. Mm-hmm. And then she said it's a little weird. You think Wolverine, you don't think crappy <laughs> apartment. And look, it's the fridge of Wolverine. Wolverine is almost out of milk. <laughs> so Laura asks why she's there, and the girl says they're going to kill us. I don't want my sisters to die. So yeah, so. The girl says, where are your clones? And she wants she wants Laura to help. And Laura says, I'm not going to help kill innocent people, like the people in that lab. And the girl is like, you saw footage of us killing them? And so it makes you think that, you know, maybe the uh, giant corporation that is employing uh, military has genetics in the title. Maybe they're not all on the up and up. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so then this girl just dis- uh, distracts Laura and just, uh, like... Ducks out the window. Yeah, ducks out the window. She meets up with her sisters in the sewer. And then we find out that that girl is Gabby. Uh, the blonde is Bellana. And the third is Zelda. So, obviously, Laura followed Gabby. I mean, she has her scent, so yeah. whatever. She just, like, walks into their meeting place. <laughs> Bellana shoots Laura multiple times. <laughs> and Laura wakes up. Uh, tied to a chair. Laura hears soldiers coming. Captain Mooney, she said, and she said she'll help the sisters. Uh, they told her they didn't kill anyone at that facility. 
So then the soldiers come in to the hideout and the women all start fighting. Uh, Balana is about to shoot Mooney when Laura stops her. Mm. Uh, and Balana says he was her jailer for years. He deserves this. But then Taskmaster shows up. So, so yeah, so this was an interesting second issue because now we're obviously seeing that not everything is as it seems. We're already like learning that at least it seems like the girls didn't blow up that facility, that they didn't kill anybody, that Captain Mooney, these soldiers, they want to, they don't want to bring these girls in, that they want to kill them. And even, you know, Bolana is like, he was our jailer for years. I mean, think about it. Think like the, how, how they could have been treated by this corporation that fucking cloned them and then trained them. You know, I feel like my, my only complaint is I feel like Laura would have been a little bit more pissed and it would have expressed her anger at Chandler, even if it wasn't him that did it, allegedly that she would have been more upset that they made clones of Laura and like kept them in a facility and trained them to just have this one fucking job. You know what I mean? Like they had no no freedom. I agree completely. And they were also like trained as weapons. It's basically like they went through the same thing that she went through. So she should understand more, but whatever. This is still the best series of all time. She, I mean, you know, you could tell she was obviously giving them the benefit of the doubt. Which, which was fine, you know. I mean, and and, and it all that, that works for me. What I'm saying is, is I feel like I, I would have expected more outrage from her towards Chandler, towards Mooney, that I did not see. Even if at the time she didn't believe that they were directly responsible for it, just more shock, more anger, more upset. Like you were keeping these girls in a facility, you were training them. What what kind of conditions? You cloned me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Um, I think that's probably like my only complaint about, about anything that we're going to be talking about, but, but yeah, so obviously the, the plot is starting to thicken and I, I really like how we're getting a sense of, you know, we literally just met these three sisters and we're already starting to get a sense of their personalities. Gabby is kind of cute and a bit funny. Balana is kind of not kind of. Bulana is very angry and very <laughs> quick to shoot. And Zelda looks the most like Laura. That's what, she, <laughs> that's what she gets. So in issue number three, Taskmaster shoots all the sisters and Laura absolutely loses it. Um, and what I thought was really interesting is, is obviously, you know, Taskmaster uh, can mimic the, the movements of any person that he sees. That's his whole deal, in case you didn't know. So you're thinking like, okay, so they're meeting fist to fist, foot to foot. What can she do to him? But at one point, and and this is stupid on his part, but let's be real. He's not really a genius. He catches her fist, right? And is like smiling. Like, I got you, bitch. Like, you can't do anything to me. But duh, you caught her fist. She pops her claws in the funniest friggin' moment. I thought that was, that was incredible. Like, come on, bro. So she, she uh, KOs him. Good for her. Yeah. And the sisters are okay because they had body body armor. Yeah. Uh, Laura Laura asked about it and Gabby was like, body armor, duh. (laughs) It's cute. She had a big smile on her face. It was like, there there was a scene with that too with uh, Deadpool and Spider-Man and Deadpool had like all these fucking bullet holes or something. And Spider-Man was like, or he he asked Spider-Man like, how did you, 
not get shot? And he's like, I did. I wear Kevlar under my costume. And Deadpool's like, you can do that? <laughs> I think I remember that. But think about that. Doesn't that sort of make sense? Yes. Like you're going to go out and just wear spandex? Exactly. It's, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um. So uh, Bolana wanted to shoot Taskmaster in the head and Laura stopped her. Again. Um. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this new pacifist, Laura. I liked her when she was more murdery. Oh my God, Patty. But I know you can't, like, kill Taskmaster. You can't kill all your problems away, Patty. No, but I mean, like, Marvel won't let you kill Taskmaster. Um. So I think it was Bolana said, great, Wolverine is a pacifist. And uh, Laura said, I don't think you can call me a pacifist when we're surrounded by people I've just beaten up. They could have kids at home. And then Bolana points out that Laura cut off some finger and said, what if that guy is a classical pianist? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and, and then uh, one of the best scenes is Gabby collects all of their fingers and puts them right by the body and says, uh, just in case he's a classical pianist. <laughs> but Zelda, being the middle child, uh, <laughs> she decides to shoot Taskmaster in the kneecaps while he's, not, while he's knocked unconscious. Yeah, uh, Taskmaster, you know, basically called Laura's bluff, like, you're not going to kill me. And she didn't. She put her claws away, and she just punched him in the head and knocked him unconscious. But, you know, Zelda's like, there. Now if he comes after us, he'll have to crawl. So, <laughs> I mean, that was honestly, that was kind of a nice compromise, in my opinion. Um, so Laura decides to go with the sisters. So I guess she can try to find the truth because she she trusts them. So they drive away in this military-type truck, and Laura wants to know where they get all of their stuff. Uh, and Gabby seems like she's about to start telling Laura, and Bellana tells her to stop, that they can't trust her. But then uh, these Hummers start following and shooting, and Laura realizes that when Mooney cut her in the beginning of the second issue to check if it was really her and had a healing factor, he uh, he implanted a tracker in her, and so they've been following. And Bellana's really pissed. But, you know, Bellana's obviously going to take care of it because Bellana's got a rocket launcher. Because hell yeah, this girl loves shooting the shit out of everyone and everything. It's uh, it's it's great. She destroys one of the trucks. Obviously, Mooney is firing back from the truck that he's driving, um, and so bullets start piercing this Hummer. Uh, Laura covers Gabby, then tackles Bellana, who's been shot, and Laura decides to go take care of this herself. She leaps out into Mooney's truck, makes sure that he's got his seatbelt on but then takes away the steering wheel. So he crashes and the truck falls on its side and tells Mooney if he comes after them again, she's not going to hold back. And uh, obviously he's got to say something really gross to show you how much of a villain he is. He says, why they're not even human. They're like you experiments. So again, we're, we're, we're seeing that Alchemax is probably pretty shitty. They're the real villains. The sisters are not. You can't have somebody like Gabby who's that smiley and that cute like leaving fingers next to an unconscious body just in case he's a classical pianist. Like, that's not your villain. I love her. That's not your villain. Gabby has always been the best at the best. <laughs> She's <laughs> the best at what she does. <laughs> and what, and she... what she does is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. So she meets up with the sisters again, and Zelda says she's dying. And Blana says they're all dying. Uh, whatever experiments they did took years away from them, but they didn't blow up the facility. So 
basically they're just trying to get done what they want to get done with the short time that they have left. They know they're not going to live long. They know there are going to be no repercussions. So they're just trying to get their revenge while they can. But they say they didn't blow up the facility. Yeah. That that was not them. So uh, Laura says she can think of someone who can help them. And it's Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange. Yeah. So this is shaping up to be really interesting. I think Tom Taylor did a great job characterizing uh, the sisters, uh, at least two of them. I feel a little bad for Zelda. Again, she's just kind of like the one in the middle. You have Gabby, who is super cute, but ready to fight. I mean, she's pulling out guns, putting the mask on, ready to fight. Balana is very clearly uh, very gun happy. And then you kind of have Zelda, who's somewhere in the middle. But they're all very endearing, and you've got sort of this familial tether because they are literal clones of Laura, even though there are some um, visual differences. So we want to find out the truth about what's going on. We have a good idea already. Again, it's the fucking genetics corporation that's at fault. It's not the sisters. But we want to see, you know, at least I want to see what happens. I want to see Laura help them. But now we have a reason to feel even more invested because we find out that whatever experiments they were doing, it's, a, it's again, it's a fucking evil genetics corporation that's causing them to die. And we don't want them to die. At least I don't, because I want to see more of them. I want them all to be around for a while. Laura maybe has literal, now she's got fucking sisters in a new series where she's Wolverine. Wouldn't it be dope if the four of them were a little team? Or if a few of them went off and we got to see more of them show up in, in and out other titles? over uh over the coming years i think that would be super interesting um and that's the way we became the kenny bunch <laughs> exactly so so yeah so this was a really really great intro to the series again i really like the art it's sort of simple but david lopez is really expressive with his characters um and he makes really really good use of of a page Oh, God, just, again, the first three issues um, are incredible. And now, what the hell is going to happen? Are they going to die? Are they not? Who knows? Also, I cannot recommend this series enough. I know I've mentioned it multiple times that uh, Tom Taylor is my lord and savior. Uh, He should come back to Marvel and exclusively write X-Men for 50 years. (laughs) So how strange is it for Laura to meet a doctor? That pun is as lazy as Taskmaster's real name being Tony Masters. Remember the time before Gabby was stabby? Because she was just a babby. If you think Zelda is a legend, try force yourself to stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Hi, I'm Patty. And I'm Jonathan. And the people behind Geekade.com have been nice enough to give our podcast a home for the past five years. Which is why we do these commercials every episode telling you to check out Geekade's other content. Like the podcast about video games, Transformers, and TV shows. The YouTube and Twitch channels. The articles about wrestling, movies, and anime. And our podcast is super explicit. But they keep us around anyway. Probably because none of them listen to us. Or else they would have heard our discussion about farting in someone's eye. And eggplant flavored suppositories. And Jean Grey's wet ass pussy and logan having sex with a tree and adam x's penis piercing and gwyneth paltrow's orgasm thanks dean chris and evan for being indirectly responsible for those discussions getting into ear holes around the world and you can thank them too by checking out geekade.com today 
we got some more for you. Are you ready? More all-new Wolverine from six years ago. Yeah. So it's all six years ago Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't make me think about 2015 being six years ago. That's depressing. It was last year. Oh, uh, Jonathan, I feel so old. I think I'm having an existential crisis. I'm sorry. I'll try to comfort you. I don't want to be 30. I'll try to comfort your existential crisis through my midlife crisis, which... Okay. <laughs> I don't actually know if I'm having a midlife crisis I, yet. I think I am. <laughs> I think I'm going to live to be 40. Patty, you... Oh my God. You're going to live to be... You're going to live to be... 420. A million D. Yes, 420. You're going to live to be 420. Blaze it. Just so you can say blaze it on your birthday. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Patty loves saying blaze it. I do. Patty's blazed it a couple of times in her life, but a couple she's, of times. She's she's said blaze it a lot more than she's blazed it. I have. I'm sorry. I, I prefer, shouldn't call you out. It's embarrassing. I prefer cookies. <laughs> I like cookies too. Yes. Do Cho- you? Chocolate chip special cookies. ones? Peanut butter cookies. Oh, those special Don't ones. Don't make fun of me, you <laughs> hippie. <laughs> Listen, I've eaten more weed cookies than you could ever <laughs> eat in your life. I have a past. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're talking about all new Wolverine number four. Valana had some great moments in this issue. Oh, oh, this this issue was fantastic. When I saw that this issue was going to be about Doctor Strange or incorporate Doctor Strange, I was just like, I roll. Yeah, right. This is probably you know, going to be stupid. I don't care about Doctor Strange. This is about the movie. If I knew about the movie coming out or the movie was out, I don't know what was happening in 2015. No, the Doctor Strange movie came out the year after this. Okay, so it was because of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's also why the Wasp thing, probably, but whatever. Oh, yeah, good call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm smart. So, Lana said, Zelda, the cupboard is looking at me. <laughs> And Balan said... It doesn't even have eyes, but I can tell it's staring at me. Yeah, Balana said, no, it's... Uh, Zelda said, no, Balana, it isn't. <laughs> and I think Zelda said... Or I think Balana said, uh, things with eyes shouldn't stare. And Strange said, like, that's that's a bad uh, standard to have or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so Strange said, uh, the women see dame- seem dangerous and used the eye of Agamotto... Uh, he said about Gabby, this one has seen much evil, but she isn't innocent. She is fundamentally good. He said about Zelda, this one, not so good. And Balana <laughs> said, this one doesn't like me judging her and thinking of crea- creatively brutal ways to murder me. And Laura said, oh, right. Man. So two out of three. <laughs> and uh, so Stra- Strange seems hesitant to help, but Laura, but says Laura reminds him of Logan Fiercely protective, often blindingly so. And uh, do these women deserve your protection and salvation? So she tells Strange to look at her mm. with the eye and see familiar images. Yeah, you get this splash page of like all the stuff she had been through leading up to this point. Like a lot of key moments and shit. Yeah. So uh, this is the greatest hits. So Strange said she's the right person to replace Logan. And Laura said, oh, God, this was like one of my favorite panels, too. I, I right? posted so many of these on Facebook for n- nobody to see. Uh, Laura said, I know there are people who disapprove, guys on the Internet mainly, but I'm not here to replace him. But- I don't really know what I'm doing yet. Yeah. And years later, there are still guys on the Internet who are pissed about her. Um, Good. And so, listen, here, here's what I'm going to say. I pick on Logan 
all the fucking time. I have written so many commercials about him fucking nature <laughs> after it was a few years ago when we were we were talking about shit and came up with the Wolverine channel and you said farging for beer and the first thing out of my mouth was fucking a tree. <laughs> like I love making fun of him. Why? Because he's so fucking popular and he's everywhere. I don't think he is fundamentally a bad character. I don't. I just think it's easy to make fun of him because he is, again, he's literally everywhere. It is it is ridiculous how popular he is. And he can take it. But if there was nothing to him, would he really have sold this much over the decades he's been around? Would he have gotten to be as popular as he is? Uh, that's maybe debatable, but I don't really think so. I don't think there's, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with him inherently as a character. He's fine. I like him. I, I don't, he's not in my top 100, but I like him. I like Laura better. I like Laura more. I like her better. We have seen her from the beginning, from literal infancy, struggle her way to where she got years later as Wolverine. Um, go through all of these things, not know how to have relationships, go through being a weapon, literally just created to kill people for the highest bidder, um, turned into a mindless weapon to gaining her own, to, to okay, to being a prostitute on the street and then to come and meet the person it all stemmed from, Wolverine, and they fought in the comics too, just like they did in the cartoon, then to be welcomed into Xavier's, to struggle as she did, to have Emma Frost come at her initially, not trust her, be wary that this killer is going to be around all of these children she's trying to help now. Okay, Emma. After what happened to her, I understand it. I don't condone it. But I understand her hesitancy and okay, her worry. Okay, because Emma wasn't a villain. I, I know. I get that. Hypocritical bitch. Listen, I understand. But then to make friends, to to have her own agency, to make her own decisions, to go out into the world and to meet people and, you know, have people fight by her side and learn that people actually do care about her. For her to learn that she has the capacity to care about and love others and then to take on this fucking mantle again which we just said one of the most recognizable roles in comic book history to take it on she is an incredible and incredibly resilient and powerful fucking character and so yeah i just love laura kinney i've been there since early on her journey has really struck an emotional chord with me i probably could have saved this all for the end of this episode to sum it all up but i decided to go on a rant now I think it was amazing. I think it was the best fucking choice for Laura to quote unquote replace Wolverine, even though not really replace Wolverine. She's her own Wolverine. There can be two Wolverines. There are two Wolverines right now. Hell it yeah. Works. We're all living. It's okay. But Laura is amazing. She's Wolverine too. I'm just automatically always going to pick the girl. Yeah. Because fuck men, right? <laughs> Jonathan's choking on his monster. <laughs> Jonathan's choking on his monster. <laughs> he can, I mean, I got to stretch a little bit, but I can get it. I can get it in my, <laughs> yeah, choking on my energy drink. Somebody, somebody posted this thing on Facebook that might have been a tweet or something mm -hmm. that said, I bet sucking your dick feels more like sucking a dick than getting your dick sucked. And that has resonated with me. Did Confucius say that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Strange went on about Logan and Logan's legacy a little bit. And and clearly after taking a look into some of Laura's past, just understood what she was trying to do and who she was and where she came from. And so that was that was a really a really important moment because Strange and Logan go back decades. And now he's standing here in front of in front of Laura saying this, and I thought it was great. It was it was kind of a heartfelt moment, but then you know suddenly there are gunshots. <laughs> Belana shot the cupboard because it winked at her again. <laughs> Belana reminds me of you a little bit. I love her. That was that was a fantastic moment in this yeah, series. Strange runs in. You've broken the seal. The cupboard is a doorway. A doorway. Laura goes. A doorway to what? Strange goes. Horrors. And so, like, there's, there's this and, uh, big monster. And uh, I think it was Gabby who was like, who keeps a cupboard of a doorway of horrors in their living room? Yeah. Uh, but it's an interesting uh, interesting art, though. It looked like sort of a Sasquatch that was vomiting halfway, vomited snakes-ish. I don't know. It was it was interesting. So uh, Strange gives Laura an axe, tells him to go to try to try to go after it, as he, he's going to contain everything else in the cupboard. And so the, the the sisters are trying to save the civilians and shooting at this thing. Laura manages to cut its arm off, and then Strange manages to like magically hold it and stop it. And Laura buries its axe in its head, and it falls on Gabby. And then Bellana starts yelling at, at Gabby, and then Laura starts yelling at Bellana. And you know, then they're like, "Oh, where's Zelda?" And she's on the ground, and she's in really bad shape. This is what we were coming to Strange for. We had a little size trip with the fucking cupboard. But Strange needs to examine examine her. And he, so he teleports them all to a hospital. And so we get a little bit more backstory. You have Zelda telling Laura as she's about to go in for an MRI. Um, at least I think that's what it was supposed to be. That there were initially 10 sisters. Some died in the field. But then others died uninjured in their cage. And when they realized this, that they were dying without injuries, and just figured it's because of these experiments they performed on them, once they realized this, they decided to escape. And Zelda begs Laura to save Gabby. Now, this has been about protecting her. She's not like us. She's what we should have been. Again, I mean, you know, she's Gabby's obviously willing to pick up a gun and shoot people, but you can tell that she's innocent, that she, she is. Strange saw it. She's got almost this lighthearted sense of humor. And and it was almost like on that note, uh, Strange wouldn't let Bellana and Gabby come inside the room, right? So outside the room, this uh, hospital staff comes to check on the room and Bellana starts threatening him. <laughs> so he says he's going to call security. Gabby stops him and is like really nice and cute and funny and manages to, to get this guy to agree to walk away and not tell anybody. Because she's so pure. She is cute. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure this was an MRI machine. And it was yeah. like an open MRI. But you can't have any metal with you in an MRI. Or you'll get like sucked to the top of the machine. And Laura is kind of full of metal. So Laura is metal as fuck. Yeah. So I, I, I was like really confused about her going in there. Uh, unless it was like a CAT scan or something, but I, I don't know about was. metal in that either. Oh, uh, that I don't know. I've never had one. Yeah, my mom has. I can ask oh, wait, her. No, oh, I wait, no, I did. I think you have to take out metal anyway. I did have a CAT scan. Oops. I don't know. Listen, Dr. Strange was there. He did. It's magic. You know, yeah. honey? Yeah. 
So, I guess. Maybe. I don't remember if I had That's to take point, out though. anything for that, but they told me I was going to feel like I had to pee. And I, I, I was like really confused at one point and I wasn't sure if I was peeing. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a situation where that's acceptable. Yeah. You know, it's not like you were at school or at yeah. work and you're like, huh, I'm not really sure if I'm peeing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're in a hospital. You pee in a hospital. You don't got to clean that up. Someone else clean it up for you. Exactly. Might as well. Silent pee. You know Do your I mean? money's worth. Might as well be a silent pee in a hospital. <laughs> anyway. All right. So strange. Can't do anything. There are tiny clusters of nanites in her brain and they're moving. Uh, so Laura asked how long, and he said she has days, maybe hours. Maybe science can help. And so Laura says she needs to be small enough in order to fight these things in the butt. And so Strange teleports them to a lab, and there's an Ant-Man suit. Yeah. So that's the end of issue four. Yeah. Woo-hoo. What did you think about this? Uh, it was great. Um, Bolana shooting the cabinet was fantastic. <laughs> Um, I'm glad that the strange stuff wasn't like overwhelming. Yeah, and it was more like actually just a cameo. It was just a side trip. Yeah, I was upset that he couldn't help, but this felt more like this didn't feel like it was like too far out of the way, and it kind of like let them continue on their journey and give them another idea of where they could go for help with this situation. So it wasn't like too out of the way, you know. Plus, I feel like this illustrated the stakes rather than just tell you like they told us the last issue oh we're dying you know yeah we might be dying this showed that the danger is imminent and that they need to do something about it because if it's it's happening to zelda now when could this be happening to belana when could this happen to gabby yeah it's not like too far out of the way it's still like the same overall story it's the plot just took a little bit of a side trip but it was still, like, I still felt invested. It was still, like, a step on the journey. Yeah. And and speaking of a step on a journey, we do have another little side step on the journey. In the next issue, all-new Wolverine 5, when this sort of gets resolved and we get, like, a, a heavy moment here going into the final issue of the opening arc of this series. Yeah, obviously, Bolana again, very trigger-happy, about to shoot the container open to get to the Ant-Man suit. When Wasp stings her to stop her, and, and they talk, and Laura tells Janet what they need to do. And so you see, they cut to, it's been a little while, they cut to Chandler and Captain Mooney. They're hiding somewhere. And Chandler says something about not wanting the higher-ups to find out the truth about the program. Alchemax genetics would be shut down, and they'll go to prison. And... He even says something about Mooney's dumbass car chase bringing them too much attention. So surprise, surprise, Alchemax genetics are the bad, bad guys. guys. Bad guys. Who would have thought a pharmaceutical Who company would have thought that capitalism was bad? Who, Who would have would have thought that Wolverine would be trying to take down capitalism? That communist loving lady. <laughs> This is what we get when we get a lady Wolverine. We get communism. Good. God damn it. Good. <laughs> so uh, Laura tells Janet what's going on. And uh, so Janet agrees and they go in together. They go small. They go small. So Strange commented how similar but different Laura and Logan were. And Janet does the same when they come across a nanite. 
that Logan would have been yelling blindly, hacking it to pieces. And Laura says they need to find the most effective way to destroy these things. Yeah. And she explains that that was because she didn't know how many of these things there were and they needed to save their energy. Uh, so- okay, so she's like Wolverine <laughs> with a brain. <laughs> So good for her. So because they're destroying these things, they Alchemix finds out somehow because I guess they're tracking these things or something. Yeah, the nanites ping the computers, um, Alchemax's scientists. So they're alerted to it. And so Mooney sees this, but tells the scientists not to alert Chandler about it. Mooney's going to go take care of this himself. So unfortunately, because the nanites are being destroyed, it gives away their location. So Zelda wakes up and uh, Gabby tells her teeny tiny women are fighting for your life against the teeny tiny robots in your body. Oh no, oh, something breaks through the window. They, uh, Janet and Laura could tell something is wrong because all the blood is flying and stuff. Uh, Zelda got shot. Her stomach is bleeding. Uh, and then there's an explosion. So Mooney found them. Balana is under some rubble when Gabby jumps at Mooney and headbutts him and breaks his nose. That was amazing. An amazing series of panels. She leaps through the air. She's like, her, her legs are grabbed onto him and just bam, right in the fucking face, breaking his fucking nose. Amazing. I loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. So he threw her to the ground and Zelda taunts him. Uh, we must have driven you insane. A pathetic sadist in charge of people you can't hurt. And uh, he shoots her, and he's about to shoot to kill when Laura gets uh, regular-sized again and slices his arm, and Janet blasts his head. So they got Balana out of the rubble, but Zelda, it's too late for her. She's dying already. Uh, Oh, God, this is so sad. Yeah, and Gabby was like, no, 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 but we saved you. And she said, yeah, you did. I'm sorry. I don't want to go, but you'll be okay. Belana and Laura will look after you. So Zelda asks Laura to fight whatever's stopping her from unleashing. Hunt them down, hurt them, teach them a lesson. They need to understand. They can bring us into this world, but they can't own us. And then she dies. And that was really sad and really fucked up. And I'm still upset about it to this day. Yeah, and Janet Janet says that she's going to take Mooney in when, when he wakes up. And Laura says, no, she has plans for him. We're going to teach them a lesson. So again, feeling about feeling invested, now there's... It's not only that investment into these characters and what's going to happen, but now we've got repercussions already. It was the one with the least characterization, but still, you could tell Zelda was good, and now she's dead. And Gabby is upset. Yeah. <laughs> and Gabby's upset and we can't have that. And just the lengths that Mooney is willing to go to to try to fucking stop what he called experiments that they're not even human. And these these women are just struggling for their right to fucking live. They never asked for this, but they're in this world now. They have rights just like anybody else does, and they were going to be treated like slaves, and not too differently from the way Laura was treated when she was under the facility's control. And now one of them, now one of them is dead. And I thought it was, it was nice to see Laura get a little bit of help from the greater Marvel universe outside of mutants. I think that that was important 
to establish that she can have connections to the greater Marvel universe and have their respect and have their help. It wasn't for too long, but I think it was enough. I, I really appreciated that. I know that Laura doesn't need to be compared to Logan. Um, she is her own character and her own person and has had her own growth. But in a way, I feel like there's always going to be some comparison to him. I, he's literally her dad. She's literally taken his mantle. This was new at the time. It says it right in the title, all new. So I thought it was kind of interesting for Strange and Janet to comment that there were sort of similarities between Laura and Logan, but also differences, I guess, if that makes any sense. No, I, I, I agree. I was I was just really upset by this issue because I feel like they did so much to try to save these sisters, specifically Zelda. Yeah. And then for her just to get shot, like it was really fucked up. And I didn't really see that coming. And uh now we're only down to two sisters. I mean, yeah, it was dark. I mean sometimes you're gonna try and you're gonna fail. But even Zelda said like Gabby is is what like we should have been. You have to protect her. You have to make sure that she gets out of this. You have to make sure that she's okay. So you kind of get this this idea that Gabby is really important. And you can see it too, because she's younger, because she's funny, caring, talkative. She's got all of these good qualities that I feel like at the same time, Tom Taylor killing off the one with the least characterization was a way to sort of pull the punch a little bit. Yeah. Okay. We're on the final issue of this arc, All New Wolverine number six. Uh, so we start with Captain Mooney, beat to shit. Uh, he's driving back to the Alchemax fa- facility. Uh, he thinks he escapes. Chandler's like, <laughs> you think you escaped from Wolverine and a founding Avenger? <laughs> she let you go to hunt you. Our secret location just became a whole lot less secret. So the three of them, Laura, Bellana, and Gabby, load up their guns. So Mooney fires a rocket at the incoming car, but that was a distraction because nobody was in the car. The The women jump in shooting. Bellana goes after Mooney, but the soldiers surround her. and They blast her to shit. Yeah, and, and we, you know, they told us that the clones don't have healing factors. So Laura grabs Gabby and runs. Uh, Gabby says, I don't want to lose another sister. I don't want to leave Bolana. And Laura says, well, I'm not losing you. I, I Like, she's gone. I'm not losing you. So that was that was really upsetting. Uh, <laughs> really upsetting. Because Gabby, poor because, Gabby. Not just Gabby, but it's like all of us, like we went in, we had this plan, we hunted them, and then we lost, we lost Bolana. Yeah, already? But because she was, but I mean, when you think about it, like, like okay, so, so spoilers, that wasn't really Bellana. But but the thing is, is, is that's sort of believable, right? So if the three of them agree for this plan, they're going to go in. They're going to stop them. We know Bellana is the angry one. Yeah. She shot a cupboard for winking at her. <laughs> so it's 100% believable that Bellana would go off for a second to go after Mooney and then get surrounded and get herself blasted to bits. But it was, it was great. Because this was a trap. It was a trap. Uh, so you see Bolana, she's on the gurney, and uh, the doctors are talking about getting uh, info on her, uh, how how long the nanites work for, 
what shut down. But then uh looks like something is wrong. They say her hair looks like, and then her hair falls off. It's it's a wig because it's Laura. Bologna had blonde hair. Laura has dark brown, black hair. She gets up <laughs> and she sniffs the lab coat and she says, I have your scent now. I will always be able to find you. By the end of the day, Alchemix genetics will be dead. You have two choices. I can hurt you and you can go down with them or you can right a wrong. <laughs> so one of the scientists says, the second one? So Laura says she needs everything they have access to. Footage, data, upload it to the address that she puts on the computer. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, what a fucking plan. Um, it, that was that was genius. So Bellana is the one who got Gabby and got her out of there. And Gabby knew she was just putting on a, a fucking show. And so now Laura's inside. And so you've got alarm sounding, guards rushing in. But by the time Bellana and Gabby get in, Laura's already beaten the shit out of all the guards. And it was hilarious. So Laura makes this call. We don't know who it is at first. And she's just speaking. Incriminating evidence about illegal experiments, torture, slavery is being uploaded to your servers. And then, you know, the, the page goes to Maria, <laughs> Maria Hill. And Maria Hill's like, only eight people have this number and one of them is dead. And Laura goes, yeah, the dead one gave it to me. I thought that was amazing. You can say fuck S.H.I.E.L.D. And sure, fuck S.H.I.E.L.D., fuck Maria Hill. But that was pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so so the they split up because Laura's going to go after Chandler. Bellana and Gabby want to go after Mooney. And the two of them beat up Mooney a little bit. But then Bellana asks Gabby to wait around the corner. It's just like, of course, Bellana does not plan on letting this guy live. <laughs> but but then, so this is a weird thing. So then, so, okay, so obviously Bellana kills Mooney, but then says that she has to leave? They're like, why? So so Gabby is like, will I see you again? And this really, really great line, but it's a really sad line. It says, sure, you'll see me when you grow up. Every time you look at yourself in the mirror and forget to smile. That was so sad. That was so sad. Yeah. But Laura, so then they cut to Laura going after Chandler. Uh, you don't get to walk away. And he thinks he can. He's like, this is worth a lot of money to a lot of powerful people. And Laura goes, I don't think you understand. And the foot claw comes out slashes the back of his foot and goes, see, you can't walk away without hamstrings. Um, and she terrorized him as he's like trying to crawl away. Now she's, you know, the plan is to leave him alive though. Shield is going to come pick him up. Gabby comes in and tells Laura that Bellana is gone. And it's just like, basically says, Laura, we, we ha- you have to be okay with that for now. Obviously more is going on with Bellana than we know. Gabby probably knows and just wants to brush over it. So Laura is about to leave Chandler for Shield. Gabby asked for a minute alone with him. And and what followed was, I remember reading this in 2016 in my bed and turning this page and getting goosebumps. And every single time I look at this sequence, I to this day, when I was watching Patty finish reading it earlier, I got goosebumps every time this happens. So Gabby is talking to Chandler as he's on the fucking ground. She's amazing, isn't she? I really like her. That restraint, am I right? I really, really want to hurt you. But Wolverine wants me to be a good person. Zelda wanted me to be a good person. Despite everything you did to us, I want to be a good person too. But I want you to know, you turn the page and it's snicked. And this fucking bone claw is right next to his face, jabbed into the ground. She goes, this is how close you came. And then the next panel is her running away from him. Bye. She's got a bone claw. And the look on her face was terrifying it was terrifying 
I love her. Oh my God. I could not, I could not believe that. I legitimately thought they got no claws. Yeah. That's what they told us. And this leads me to my theory that every time Wolverine is cloned, there's one last claw. Honestly, like, okay, so you kind of had these character archetypes, right? You had one who was really angry, and then you had another one who was cute and funny. But still, it was effective. I fell in love with Gabby, but I also fell in love with Bellana. And Bellana's story did continue a bunch of issues after this. And I'm not going to get into it much. Who knows? Maybe we'll decide to talk about it here one day and we can reread it. Um, Because I I didn't reread all the issues. I just looked through for Bellana because I'll be honest, I didn't remember the resolution with her. Yeah, me neither. I was like, wait a second. So she disappeared? Did she ever show up? I don't don't remember. So I looked it up and um, uh, she appeared, I believe, in the old woman Laura storyline a little bit. But she appeared... I think it was like Enemy of the State 2. But yeah, but she was in there. Ah. But still, so, okay, so more slight spoilers. She's still out there somewhere in the Marvel Universe, and just nobody has done anything with her in a few years. Bellana wasn't the breakout character. Exactly. Gabby was, was the Gabby. It was Gabby. Gabby is still one of my all-time favorite characters. I think she's just fantastic. Um, I love her. I want to see her in every issue of X-Men. Yeah, no, Gabby is a great character. She's a character who's still around. Um, and and it's it's amazing. But, you know, the whole Krakoa thing is like no clones. But Gabby's there. Gabby's a clone. But so the thing is, is like right now, as of this recording, probably, but and by the time this comes out, there's still a question around Gabby and cloning and resurrection protocols and whatever. Gabby as a breakout character, okay, maybe she gets a pass. They're not going to... They're not going to bring Bolana back. They're not going to bring Bolana onto Krakoa for it. But still, she's a character who can still come back in some capacity. I would love to see it. Yeah, so, I mean, so Gabby leaves with Laura. And, you know, Gabby's like, what? what's next? And Laura's like, it's up to you. And Gabby's like, oh, that's a little scary. But they're together. But then we cut to Bolana, who is in a helicopter. And someone is saying Alchemax stole from them, but now they're gone. And nothing better than well-planned revenge. And so it's this person who's the one who took out the lab and freed the sisters? It's Kimura. Fucking bitch. Uh, Laura's former handler. Yes. Yeah, so that is the cliffhanger for the next part. Yeah. Which we're not talking about. No. Good night. (laughs) That's not even resolved into issues later. Many issues later. But so that's, that's the end of the first arc that introduces Laura as Wolverine, introduces the sisters, gives us Gabby. Gabby who sticks around with Laura for the next bunch of years up until Krakoa when they were sort of split up a little bit. But Laura is still around. Gabby is still around, although they're both existing separately. But this this gave us Laura as Wolverine to the world. And this showed some development for Laura that she's her own person. She's her own character. Yeah, okay, so she's got this mantle of Wolverine, but so fucking what? How many other characters have taken up the mantle of Thor, Captain America, Batman, Robin? What the fuck does it matter? They're still their own characters, just like Laura is. And so I liked that. Tom Taylor put it explicitly on the page for those men on the internet. Um, because Laura may still be may be a little similar to, to Logan, but she's her own person. Logan commented on her, on her restraint, on her brain. 
Um, Janet commented on it, on her using her brain to think tactically rather than just go into a berserker rage. Strange recognized her judgment um, because, you know, Strange looked at these other women um, and commented about, you know, Bellana being scary or whatever. And do we really know them? And after all that Laura had been through, you know, how she how she could become this heroic and helpful person. She wanted to help these sisters because she knew sort of what they went through. They were being treated as slaves. They were being tortured. They mentioned we, we didn't get to see any of it, but you can only imagine what Mooney did to them. If it's anything like what Laura and the people at the facility were doing to, to Laura, what Kimura and the people at the facility were doing to Laura. And yeah, so this was an incredible, incredible starting point for her adventures as Wolverine. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. Well, like I said, this is one of my favorite series of all time. I think everybody should be compulsory. Should be compulsory? Compulsoratively forced <laughs> to read this. As I've said, Tom Taylor's my god. Um, I've asked him to write X-Men for as long as Chris Claremont did because uh, he is such a good writer. Um, I wish he would come back and write X-Men instead of uh, Hackman. Yeah, this was when this was when comics was good. Remember when comics was good, guys? No, po- comics were never good. Comics no, are fucking that's, garbage. That's true, actually. Throw them, throw them in the garbage. Yeah, get rid of them. Oh, this was, this was like the best series that was coming out during this time. This... 100%. Like, the best series. I feel like they wouldn't be able to get away with having a solo Laura book now. I would love that. But they're not going to do it because they're fucking pussies. <laughs> I would absolutely, absolutely love a solo Laura book right now. Think about how awesome that would be. You know, I mean, I, I am, I do read, I read all the X titles. I do read the Wolverine title. There are some good issues of it, Meh. but it would be cool if now that we have two Wolverines, they could both have their own solo titles. What a writer would have to come in and pitch it. You know, would, would Tom Taylor come back? Would they want him to? I, I don't know. I want him to. I know you want him to. If you're listening, Tom <laughs> Taylor, you can just send me the scripts and I'll read them. <laughs> you don't have to draw the pictures, but you can draw some stick figures if you want. <laughs> well, but he's all the way in Australia. He'll never hear this. We love you though. They don't get good reception from America. Yeah, and you yeah. should you should come to Disney World with us when there's no plague. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us, and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode seventeen in two weeks when we discuss the two part season three finale, Dark Horizon. And until then. Laura Kinney was right. And you can call her Wolverine. <laughs>